This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Well, I'm Helen's husband. It's kind of funny, but that's how I get introduced often. And I kind of like that, you know. I'm Helen's husband. Um, we, 34 years ago, I was a dentist and uh, God got a hold of our lives. I loved being a dentist. It turned into my ministry field, and uh, lots of great things happened. But um, after a few years of, of God changing my life, I had this quest on the inside of me. So, so, so God, what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? You know, everything seems to be working. I could do so many things. And, and someone said to me, um, the fact is, John, you can do anything you want. All you have to do is answer one question. What's the best? I didn't have to think. It was church. It was church. I decided at the time, that's it. Hung up my drills. <laughs> uh, let go of all the security. Got out of the boat, started walking on water. And I must admit, if you ask me that question today, it'd be louder than ever. It's church. And I, I so love church. I, I love being here. I love what God does. And I loved it, Nancy, when you said that we should be expecting. Never, never come into his presence without expecting. It's really, it's like, you, you don't, 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 don't you do that to him. Because you can't leave the way you came. And, and he's here, and we get to do this thing together. We have so expected as we are getting ready to come here. I mean, you guys are legends. Do you know that? You are. Your church and what God is doing here in Halifax is legends, and, and it starts with those two right there. <laughs> and and we got here last night, and we've just um, kind of been like leeches we've been getting as much out of them as we can and we're just so proud of both of you we're so proud of all of you you know family and team and we're so proud of you please on behalf of oh canada my home and native please stay the course it gets better and better bigger and bigger you may have a vision for the, your future and for what God wants to do in and through your life, but I'll guarantee one thing. It's too small. It's too small. Get it up there much bigger. God can do more than you think he can. Your life's more important than you think it is. You can do more than you think you can. But together, wow, yeah. So we're going to talk about relationships. I'm going first because we leave the best for last. And then, really, my favorite part is the Q&A. And please, um, it's, it's anonymous. So ask what, what, you, what your friend needs to hear. You can always ask it like that. I have a friend that needs to know. You know, it, it makes it a little easier, you know. But it's, it's my favorite, my favorite, because really we got to do this thing together. You know that life was never created to be alone. It was created to be together. 
And you might not know this, but the best part of life are not Ferraris and houses and boats and all the rest of it. The best part of life is who you get to do it with. Not who you have to, but who you get to do it with. And that's called relationships. So I want to start. And one of the, the really important things we need to understand about each other is we're different. <laughs> have you noticed? We're different. And I could play the card male and female different. I could play the card, um, you know, type A male from type whatever or female different. I could play the card of all the, all the um, personality traits we have different. But it doesn't really matter which way you look at it. We are different. We're different. And when we first meet, that's an attractive thing. Have you ever noticed how opposites attract? Okay, why do they attract? Well, that's a good question. And I, I went on that quest. And so let me give you a few verses to start with, and then, then we'll kind of talk through a few things. If you, if you go right back to the very beginning, you get the, the key verse, I think, when it comes to relationships is Genesis 1.26. It says, and then God said, let us, plural, make man in our image according to our likeness and let them. All of those were plurals. So we were created in the image of plural. Okay, now, I don't know about you, but I grew up going to church every Sunday, and I heard there was only one God. And uh, this plural thing just kind of messed me up for a long time, because what's that all about? But we call it the Trinity, and, and you, you're supposed to never understand that. I was taught you can't understand that. It's, it's not understandable, so put it on a shelf and stay away. Don't touch that shelf. Well, when I got saved and God got a hold of my life and I started looking at the Bible myself, I, I went for that shelf right away. You ever notice like the, like the cookie jar that you're not supposed to go for? I went for that shelf and took it down and I found out that, you know, the Trinity, what it is, it's relationship. It's the picture of relationships. It's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three individual, unique, amazing, perfect, but different. One God. Three individuals. In a relationship, be individual. Be unique. Be yourself. You don't have to try to be somebody else. Be you. But in that relationship, you come together with one heart, one purpose, and together we are better. And if you look at the, the Trinity, you see that in action in so many different ways. And if you skip down a couple of verses in Genesis 1.28, it goes on and says, Then God blessed them. He didn't bless him or her. He blessed them. Do you know the blessing is in relationships? Out of relationship. I don't know if you know this, but today there's, there's, a, there's an epidemic in the world, especially in Canada. I, we're, we're both from Vancouver. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard the stats say that Vancouver's the loneliest city. I've heard it said that it's the loneliest city in North America, and I've also heard it said it's the loneliest city in the world. And that's not God's plan. So God wants us together, but together he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. You know what that's called? It's called sex and marriage produce kids, family altogether. So God actually ordained this thing called sex. 
And in our world today, we hear sex preached from every pulpit except the church. But the devil did not create sex. God created sex. And he created sex for a purpose. And when we, when we understand it and put it all together, it begins to have an amazing result. He said, let them have dominion. Do you know what pre precedes dominion is relationship. What, what relationship? Marriage and family. But what precedes marriage? Friendship. Um, the whole picture of relationship comes together and produces this amazing result of have dominion. Dominion. And our world today needs some help. And God wants us to, to, to be part of that answer. Now, when I look at the differences that we have, I not only see differences of male-female or personality differences, color differences, race differences, all that. I see age differences. And to me, my favorite, it's hard to say because of so many, but one of my favorite, if not my favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs 13, 22, which says a good man or a good woman leaves an inheritance to their children's children. And the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Now, I, I, when I first got saved, I heard the second part of that verse a lot. You know, like, I got saved. Yes! Go ahead, God, bless me. Because the wealth of the wicked is laid up for us. But you have to connect it to the first part. And the first part of the verse says that a good man and a good woman leaves an inheritance to their grandchildren, which really says this. It says... God wants to be a blessing and pour out his dominion and change the world, but it takes generations. And, of course, over the years, I've said it in kind of a more harsh way, which would be, uh, I don't know if you're a good man or a good woman until I see your grandchildren. How are you doing? We didn't realize this. Our, uh, we, we have three daughters, and they're in their 40s. And we have eight grandchildren. We didn't realize this, but when we were raising our children, we were actually raising our grandchildren. And so the way you do life is not just about you. It's about generations. That's why your relationships are more important than you think it is. Because you can't see the future and the result of it. But we need to do it right. Because if we do it right, not only do the generations get a blessing from it, but we can be a difference and make a difference in this world, change this world. So you look at God created. He created us in his image. He created us different. He created us for a relationship. But then you look at what happened, and, and he creates Adam, singular, Adam. And after he creates Adam... Uh, he comes back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and he said, not good. And it wasn't because he made a mess and he, he, he messed up. A lot of times we make a joke of that because like, a male, not good. But um, actually, this might confuse you, but I don't know who Adam was. All I know is he was the only human being. So he had all the DNA of the whole human race. He had all the strengths of male and female, all in one, but he was alone. So God said, not good, because you're alone. In other words, I'm not finished yet. God never created him to be alone. So he fixed the problem, and the problem was aloneness. 
Aloneness is not an outside problem. It's an inside problem. You can be in a crowd and be alone. You know what I mean? There's people that commit suicide in crowds of people all around them, but that they feel so alone. And God actually wants us to have relationship, but it's an inside thing. So God looks at Adam and says, problem, I'll fix it. Puts him to sleep, takes something out. Now, that's important. Because you see, before he took anything out, Adam was the only guy that could ever stand up and say, I don't need anybody. I've got it all. Because he had it all. He had everything. He wasn't weak in any area. But his problem was, I don't need anybody. Why? Because you got it all. So God said, I'll fix, I'll fix you. He took something out there. <laughs> you don't have it all anymore. And Adam recognized, I'm missing something. And he started looking for what was missing. And he found, ooh la la. What did he find? He found what he was missing. He found what he didn't have. That's why opposites attract. Because when you see what you don't have, you're attracted to it. Basically, when you see what you don't have, you're, you're like, wow, that's, you're amazing. I remember when I first met Helen. We've been married for 45 years now. But when I first met her, it's like I was goo-goo eyes. It was like Bambi, Twitter-pated. It was like something, whoa. It's like, you know, oh, well, you know what it's like. Anybody else know what it's like? <laughs> it was crazy. But what, what attracted me to her was she was so different. She was so amazing. I wasn't looking for what I already had. I was looking for what I don't have. And what happens in relationships is we're attracted to what we don't have. But then if we don't understand and, and understand what, what's going on inside of us, and I hope to ha actually answer some of those questions, it's attractive first, what we don't have attracts, and then it attacks. It's like, that's your problem. You're so different. We, are, we're, we, we just don't relate. We're so, so polar opposites. We, all the rest of those things that we, we call problems. And what we need to learn to do is we need to learn to recognize that we're not the same and we need to be hungry and looking for the differences to celebrate those. Really, I think a key to life, okay? If you were to take away two words from what I want to say to you, it would be these two words. People often ask us, how do you stay in love for a lifetime? How do you love God for eternity? How do you love church? How do you love life? Doesn't matter what you put at the end of it. How do you love whatever it is? Simple, two words, stay amazed. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's a choice. You could get bored. I know people that are bored with the Lord. Guess whose problem that is? You could get bored. It's a choice. But to stay amazed is to stay looking for and celebrating how different they are. How different. We are in a world today that so needs that. You know, you, we've got 
all kinds of, of things going on in our world where differences seem to be the battlegrounds. Differences in color, differences in sexual preference, and you, you name it, it's everywhere. And what's the answer? Stay amazed. With what? With how amazing they are. And every single person is amazing if you look for it. If you look for how amazing they are, they let you in. If all you can see is how problematic they are, the wall goes up. And we don't need more walls in this world. Amen? I, I, I heard this, this great preacher um, talk about, he, he wrote a book about racial you know, prejudice, and he had a different color skin than I do. And he said, someone walked up to him one time and says, I can't see color. He says, what's wrong with you, you blind? My skin's a different color than yours. See, just putting your head in the sand doesn't change anything. But what changes something is to recognize, I don't know you. I don't understand what you've been through. And for every single person in this room, I don't know you. I don't understand what you've gone through. I'm not trying to tell you I do, but I want to understand what you've gone through. In other words, I want to get to know you, which means I want to find out what's so amazing about you. When we first met, we do like most of you that found somebody and fell in love. Which, what did you do? You started dating. Well, what's a date anyway? <laughs> uh, dates are a fun time, you know, and, and a lot of guys think dating is about eating. It's not. No. Dating is going on a, on a, on a quest. You want to go to a place that, that, that you can both feel good and, and, and enjoy the atmosphere and everything. Why? Because what you want to do is get to know this person. You're actually on a treasure hunt. Everyone's got the treasure on the inside. And you need to get past the outside. And so we go to this nice romantic restaurant, you know, with soft music, soft lighting. What's that all about? We're trying to, to, to lose all the stuff that would be distractions so that we can just focus on getting to know this person. And if you are married in this room, let me just encourage you, you should never stop dating. Because one of the problems we have is we think we know. You know, sometimes I've done lots of weddings, okay, and you, you see them walk down the aisle and they're like goo-goo eyes. <laughs> they're so excited. And you ask them, why are you so excited? It's because we're going to live together. We're going to eat together, sleep together. We're going to do everything together. And, and they can't wait. They're full of expectation. Do you know that faith is, is a lifestyle called expectation? And faith is a lifestyle that's so amazing. It keeps you lit up. And it's your choice whether you want to stay in that lifestyle. It's our choice. And it's a choice to stay amazed. But so often what happens is to walk down the aisle and they've got that, they're lit up. But, 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 but how many years later, what happened? Lost that love and feeling. Whoa, whoa. What happened? Well, you get bored. And you get bored because you think you know. 
you stopped treasure hunting. How could you get to the bottom of this amazing creature created in God's image? Especially if you're married to the one who said, I will give you the rest of my life until death do us part. I'm committed to love you more and more, to know you more and more and more. And once we, if you ever find yourself getting to the place where you're bored, it's your fault. Do a checkup from the neck up and decide you're going to go back to treasure hunting. If you're in a friendship, treasure hunting. If you're ministry, treasure hunting. Wherever you are, treasure hunting brings you to the place where you stay amazed. You know what happens when, when you think you know? When you think you already know everything about whatever, whoever, you rip yourself off of the miracle that's waiting for you. I love the story in the Bible where Jesus is in his own hometown doing normal. What's normal? Miraculous. People getting healed. Normal. Wow. And then someone says, hold it. What? I know this kid. He's the carpenter's son. Who do you think you are? And the weird thing about it, from that point on, Jesus could not do any more great miracles. Not would not. Would means want. Could means can't. He could not do. Why? Because a prophet's not without honor, except in his own hometown. When you think you, you already know, you dishonor. When you dishonor, you actually stop the miracles that could happen. What God has for us in the future. And, and it comes down to just recognizing we're so different and wanting to get to know. Here's my stance in life. When it comes to every single human being, when it comes to differences in, in every different arena of life, I know I'm ignorant, but I don't want to be stupid. Ignorant means I don't know. But stupid means I don't want to know. Okay? Stupid is fixable. Just decide I want to know. And you know when you want to know what you operate? They're called ears. Ears. You want to make a difference in this world? Lead with your ears. Instead of leading with your attitude, with your opinion, with your, with your what's, what we do, what you need to do, lead, listen. When we begin to listen to people, you know what? The walls come down and relationships begin to grow. And it happens in every arena of life. And it's the most important arena is relationships. And it's so great that God created us so different. I mean, talk about different. We are so unique. Every single one of us, you know, they say about thumbprints or fingerprints, we're all different. You know, there's, there's hundreds of things that there's no one else in the world like you. I was a dentist. Tongue prints, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there's all kinds of things. You, there's nobody like you. And God made you in his image, but he made you so that you are a treasure chest ready to be discovered in so many ways. So don't stop treasure hunting. Don't think you know. Because when you do, you stop expecting. And when you stop expecting, you know what you do? You get old. 
Old is not a, a, a matter of chronolo chronological years. I'm 66, but I'm younger than most of you in the room. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Maybe not. But old's got to do with what's on the inside of you and what's on the inside of you. How much life do you have? Okay? How much life do you have in the, the amount of life you have in the inside? It's the hunger. It's the thirst. It's the expectancy. Expectancy. Faith is about the future. How much life you have is how much future you have. It's, it's measured by how much expectancy you have. So stay alive. Live life to the fullest. So if you were going to look at people in general, you could find some major differences, okay? I'm going to just use Helen and I for a, for a few minutes. And she's the very amazing woman that I fell in love with. Uh, now it's how many years ago? 48 and a half years ago. It's a long time ago. We look really different. <laughs> I had black hair and a mustache. And I was so amazed with her. Why? Because she is a relationship genius. She is. She's a relationship genius in so many different ways. She walks into a room, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, give her five minutes, and she can read, read the whole room. And she knows when someone's mad at each other, when someone's, you know, he likes her. Like, what? I remember when my my son-in-law um, finally got the courage to ask me, can I date your daughter? My answer was, which one? <laughs> Do you get that? That's how dense and, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, you know, my wife has, and women in general, that's a very thing. Number two is she's got what's called intuition. You know, with women's intuition, it's, it's a real thing. It's, it, it's a superpower, that's right. Um, and I don't know where it comes from, but they know. How do they know? They don't know how they know, they know. And I've learned over the years when my, when, when my, my wife knows, I listen. Um, I think it's got to do with their, you know, the way that God wired brains. They're so different in so many ways. And, and out of it, she can actually hear things different than I can hear things. Do you know that in general, women have different hearing than men? I call it x-ray hearing. They can hear what's not being said. Really? Come on. When I say, when, when I say to my wife, yes, you know what I mean? Yes. When she says yes to me, you know what she means? I have no idea. <laughs> they have to look at, you know, body language, so many different things. It's called gut feelings, intuition. Number three, she is a great communicator. You're going to hear that later. But you know why? Practice. She's been talking since she came out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but her mother will tell you she came out talking. And she hasn't shut up since. But, um, but really, really, even, even in general, there's such a difference between male and female. But don't put yourself in a category because sometimes males, you know, a little bit more so, you know, can be the other way around. But in general, 
a woman, her number of words is way beyond what, what a, a guy's number of words is. And I was really happy about that because my first 25 years of life, I stuttered. So I really didn't talk at all. And when we met, Helen thought, no problem. I'll just fill in the gaps. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's, it's so funny to understand the differences. Okay, we have grandchildren. My oldest granddaughter, uh, when she was three years old, her brother came into the world, and now in their house, there was now boy toys. Not just dolls, but now, now he liked monster trucks. Do you know what a girl will do with two monster trucks? They talk to each other. They're going on a date. They're going to have baby monster trucks. <laughs> Guys, he didn't think that way, but she thinks that is so different. Number four is they enjoy seasons. You know, seasons are the variety of life. Variety is the spice of life. And um, women in general have so many different seasons. Why? Hormonally. They're very, very different than, than men. Helen asked me one time if I could teach her women's ministry on, on hormones. And it took me a whole hour to explain the hormonal changes that go on in a woman. It would take me two minutes to explain a male's hormones. You know, men, well, we have one season, summer. But um, seasons, the variety of life. And the last thing I want to say about women in general, but about my wife, is they're beautiful. And beautiful is not just a word that the magazines have described. Beautiful is a word that describes outside to inside. And I think it's so important that you recognize this. Um, my mom, she, she died of cancer a number of years ago. And uh, in her last days, you know, she had been taking chemo treatment, so she had no hair. And uh, they brought her home. And I have five brothers and five sisters. And with all their kids, there's 93 or four or five of us. I can't remember. It's close. In the 90s. So anyway, there's, there's a crowd. And, and when she's at home in her bed, I, I can remember sitting there watching one day. And they, there was this parade of all her grandchildren and great-grandchildren walking by her. And they were saying to her, and I, I was really aware of this. They were saying to her what they thought she wanted to hear. Really. Do you know what they all said? Granny, you look so beautiful. You look so beautiful. And she lit up every time she heard those words. And you know, sometimes it just simply takes a word, guys. It takes a word. And it's not something you say because of, of what you need to say as much as what is important they need to hear. To me, beautiful isn't just about the outside. It's more about the inside. It's the inside is what, what shines through in your life. And I think to recognize that we're so different. So let me give you some of the amazing values of men in general. Again, I'm saying all this in general, but we're different. Do you know that? So number one, 
we are focused. In general, focused. There's a part of our brain, I know, Dr. Paul, you're here. I don't know if you've, you've read this, the reticular activating system. It's the part of your brain. It's amazing. It allows you to tune things out. It's very well developed in males. Have you ever watched a, a guy watching football? I mean, he is... The house could be burning down, doesn't matter. Very well developed. You know, you, <laughs> you try to get their attention. I've got a little, you know, a grandson, and he's like four. That, when he's playing his game, you cannot get his attention. You know, Jack! Jack! No, not really, but anyway. <laughs> the reticular activating system. And you think, well, why? And again, I, I love to come back to understand the purpose of why God created us so different. You know that um, husbands, you're supposed to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. So God actually wired you to be able to do that, to give your life if it means give your life. Years ago, Helen complimented me, probably one of the best compliments she's ever given me. And she said, she said, John, if I'm ever in a crisis, there's only one person I want beside me. That's you. Why? Because in a crisis, actually, you can tune everything out. And all the, all the other stuff just goes slow motion silent. And whatever it is that you need to do, you can do it. And recognize that God's called us for purposes that are relational. And there's differences we have. And to recognize those differences, I think, is so important. Number two, when you talk about men in general, you basically talk about aggressive. They're, they're a little aggressive, aren't they? Competitive, maybe. Competitive, anybody competitive in the room. And you think, why? Why are guys, like, like, like when, when boys, typically when boys play, how did, what do they do? They wrestle. They fight. They climb trees. Don't worry if they fall. They'll heal. What they're doing is fine-tuning this ability to actually be whatever it takes to guard, to protect. And again, the difference is to recognize that they're there for a reason. Number three, they're strong. And I'm not talking about just outside. I think the greatest strength is heart strength. And, and think about it. Think about the movies that, that a lot of guys would be, watch. What are they all about? Courage. What is courage? It's heart strength to do what's difficult. Heart strength to fight. Heart strength to, to if it means, you know, take a bullet for whoever what, you're, you're ready for. Number four is, have you ever noticed that sometimes guys, and I would say I have, it's called an ego. What is that anyway? I think an ego is just recognizing that you have the ability and the strength to do to be what you need to be. And ego actually served in the right direction is really good. I don't think God has a problem 
with us having an ego, as long as we use it for the kingdom of God. One of my favorite translations in the Bible is in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 2, in the Amplified. Let me read it to you. Listen to this. Do you think God has a problem with ego? He's writing and he says, when they observe the pure and modest, they as husbands, observe the pure and modest way in which you conduct yourselves together with your reverence for your husband, you are to feel for him all that reverence includes, to respect, defer to, revere him, to honor, esteem, appreciate, prize, and in the human sense to adore him. That is to admire, praise, be devoted to, deeply love, and enjoy your husband. Do you think God has a problem with ego? As long as you recognize that ego is for a purpose, be strong. Pat yourself in the back for what you were created to do for a reason. And the last thing I want to say about, I think what, in general, men, their differences and one of their great strengths is they're created to be heroes. Every little boy, in general, I've watched it and they grow up in their dream. They're, what do they do? They play hero. What little boy hasn't jumped off a table with a cape on his back? Da, 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 da. Really, what's a hero? It's a hero, someone that gives his life. That's why you have a, this brain that allows you to focus. That's why you, you, you work to overcome the fears and to, to have courage in your life. That's why you're, you, you, you're strong. You've, you've, you have heart strength and you build that ego. Why? To be a hero. To be a hero. Really. If you were to say to a woman, what's the most important thing you could say to a woman that she wants to hear is, I love you. And then follow her up with why. I love you and then why. Do you know what the most important thing you could say to a man is, in general? I'm proud of you. And then why? You're my hero. And then why? Why? Because that's, that's part of the purpose. Recognizing who we are, how different we are. I'll just close with this one story. My dad's in heaven today, but he raised 11 children, never had a dad. So for much of my life, I had a chip on my shoulder against my dad. And then I married this woman that tries to find out everybody's story. So she finds out his story and she starts telling me and I start understanding why he is the way he is, changed everything for me. Oh, please lead with your ears. Don't just think you know. And so after I figured all that out, this was about 10, 12 years ago on Father's Day. I called my dad up and I said, hey dad, happy Father's Day. And he, you know, that's normal. You're supposed to do that, right? And, and so he said, yeah, rah, rah, rah. he's ready to hang up because you know, that's the way he was. Yeah, thanks, thanks, John. And he's, he's gonna hang up and I said, but dad, what, what? Don't hang up, why? I just wanna say something, what? I just wanna say that I'm glad you're my dad. I love you, silence. And then this crackly voice comes back. I'm glad you're mine too. I love you too. Click. That night we went to my brother's house and all my brothers and sisters and, well, you know, a crowd called Peer Pressure. 
I walked into the middle of it. My dad sees me, walks right across the room, puts his arms around me and gives me a kiss. Weird. And then he says to me, have I, have I ever told you how proud of you I am? Probably one of the greatest moments of my life. And then he says, look at me. He says, I want you to know how much I love you. And don't you ever forget it. You know, from that day on, he never left my presence without saying, I'm proud of you and I love you, but not just me, all my brothers and sisters. You know, you can kind of mess up for many years. And if you just stay the course and you do the best, God does a change in your life. Wow. I look at, at my dad and he's my hero. He's my hero. Did he do everything right? No. But he gave his life for a purpose. And every one of us in the room, we've got the ability to do that. And I think even some of us in the room need to pick up the phone and call. There's some sons or daughters that need to hear. I'm proud of you. I love you. There's some parents that need to hear that. We can change the world. I wanted to, you to know how different and special you are and how we can work together. And stay amazed, stay treasure hunting. Never think you know, because God's always got more for you. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for your love that we never get enough of it. We always want more. Thank you, Lord, that you're continually pouring it out of us. I pray for everyone here. Father, help us to lead with our ears. Help us to listen, to understand. Help us to treasure hunt. Help us to see and then actually be brave enough to step up and speak. Lord, I thank you for moments like the moment I had with my dad. For moments, even today, for every one of us that make a difference and change the world. Thank you for the ability we have together to make a difference. And I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.